Hello and welcome back to In Bed with Lucy Season 3, the raw and uncensored place where we are free to discuss the nitty gritties of the adult industry. Now I just need to quickly run through my disclaimer. Everything I discuss is of my own opinion and it does not reflect on the community at large as everyone experiences sex work differently. This podcast is rated R18+ and may contain explicit language and make references to sexual assault, drug and alcohol, self-harm, domestic violence, and other triggers not limited to the previous mentioned. If this doesn't fit, then please kindly stop now. For the rest, your exits are here, here, and here, so make sure to keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times, and let's put this baby in D for drag and let's go. Hello and welcome back to another season of In Bed with Lucy Season 3. This episode is to give you a short briefing on Season 3 and the topics that I will be discussing with you. I will also be taking a few moments to address a few key issues with violence against the LGBTQI community and the adult industry. Trigger warning, this episode contains discussions on domestic violence, homicide and suicide. If you have any concerns, please contact any of the following if you are in Australia. Lifeline on 131114. Kids Helpline on 1800 551800. Men's Line Australia on 1300 789 978. I've also added a few other hotlines in which you can contact if you have any concerns. If you are not in Australia, please contact your local suicide hotline or outreach program for assistance. If it is an emergency, please dial for your local emergency services. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my short intro. I just wanted to get through some of the logistics and technicalities for anyone that requires the services that I have mentioned. And if this episode brings up any issues, please don't hesitate to seek out for help. Okay, I just want to start with like the introductory part of what I've done, I guess, on break. So the five weeks that I was away, I kind of took some time out to not worry about scheduling with my podcasts. I find that my life kind of runs away from me. There are only certain times that I can record because I do live in the CBD And the CBD is quite noisy on the best of occasions. So I need to utilize quiet time and that can happen quite sparingly. I took these five weeks to do absolutely nothing. I did a couple of things that I wanted to do, obviously because of COVID, traveling around is not really on the cards at the moment. There is way too much risk involved. In, in going around so you know I tried to keep it at home and keep money local so I did things like I went to Sydney and I really really like this cheesecake Tessu Tess, Tessu's cheesecake in Town Hall that three-story uh, cheesecake shop it is fucking amazing they have a chocolate one now which is I kind of want to go back and get that but yeah I just went up to Sydney I went to Sephora I went to Lush and got like $200 worth of bath bombs and bath scrubs. It was actually really fucking fun. And the guy that was helping me there literally made the experience so much more fun. And I found that the way that he helped me get all my special little treats really made my day. So that was great. I really enjoyed that. But the cheesecake, I actually went and got two of them. And yes, 
I did fucking eat both of them. I did give some cheesecake to a neighbor, but that was only a little bit. I had two whole cakes to myself. It was fucking delicious. Uh, I also took a few days off to literally do nothing, like wake up, watch TV, have a shower, fucking scratch my ass if that's what I fucking wanted to do. I literally did that. Also in the five weeks I have had, like if you know that I have a dog called Chloe, she's my service dog, uh, my medical service dog, and she was unwell uh, for quite some time and I was getting quite stressed while we were going through the whole process um, for her diagnosis and her diagnosis is that she has severe spinal spurs on her back so unfortunately they are inoperable however we can maintain and manage her pain and also somewhat I guess help prevent any other further um, I guess spurs even though that's something that's out of our control but yeah, Chloe actually has been so unwell and it's been so stressful, but she's finally on the mend. She's getting there. She's not completely on the mend yet, but she's getting there. So that's all that really matters. And yeah, I will do the right things for her. So if you're ever thinking, will I make her suffer? No, absolutely. I won't. If she's at a point where she can no longer walk or eat or do anything like that, unfortunately, I I am very humane. I will do the right thing for her, but she has been unwell. What else have I been doing on my five weeks? Oh, I've had a few like different projects in the works. And to be honest, some things I can talk about, other things I can't talk about. Some of the things that I can't talk about, I eventually will be able to talk about them. So I'm hoping that within this season, something happens and I will be able to discuss what some of these projects are in the works or things that have been happening in my time off, but some of them I can't talk about. One of my projects that I can actually talk about is the fact that I have privatized my company. So Lucy Price is a, officially a property limited company which is fantastic because now I am just a mere employee of myself which is interesting but yeah so my so that's one thing I can talk about I have a private company I have my certificate and everything's all in order there was a few hiccups along the way in regards to that however this is also going to be in another episode where I talk about horophobia uh, horophobia is another topic but yeah, anyway, I've had a few issues in regarding to that and that all comes down to, I guess, being a sex worker, but that's been fun. I've managed to overcome those issues and got there in the end. Oh, and I'm also saving to buy a house, which is fun, but kind of scary because the market is like really hot at the moment and it is literally going off. Like people are getting ridiculous amounts and offering ridiculous amounts because they think that the bank interest rates are gonna stay low forever, which is not gonna happen. So I'm buying a house and that's really stressful because of the added things of what's going on. Like, should I wait until the interest rate goes up? Because then I guess a lot of the people that have overpaid will be in a predicament and then I'll be able to get cheaper properties. I don't know. Here I am thinking about how to exploit the property market. But anyway, we are human and that's what we do. We like to utilize situations in order to benefit ourselves. Okay, so what can we all look forward to in season three? I kind of want to just give you, because I've already basically like done majority of my episode structures already. 
I'm well organized now and I want to talk to you about them. However, before I move on to that, I have this random topic that I want to talk about. And it was probably like my first, I guess, communications or fan communications where they told me they didn't like the last two episodes of season two. Now, I can understand the reason why it wasn't liked because information wasn't necessarily given in those two episodes. It was just a discussion with a client. I'm not going to remove that concept or that idea from my episodes because I like interviewing people and getting their opinions, regardless of whether I'm on the same page as them. It's still good to give people a broad view on how people think in the industry, how one person's thinking about the same situation that another person's thinking about. Don't you think that's diversity in being able to see different things? Like, yes, I'm giving you a lot of information and yes, I'm helping people do what it is that they want to do. But you've got to also understand that you need to see other people's point of views as well. So that is also information, but it all depends on how you look at it. But anyway, let's go back to what season three is going to be about and all my topics. So starting from episode two, I decided to do an episode on hierarchy. So hierarchy is basically uh, people that believe they are better than other people in the adult industry or better than other people in the sex industry because of, of, of a multitude of reasons. And I'm going to get into all those in that episode. Then I'm doing another episode on horophobia. Things like, do you pay taxes? How many people do you have sex with a day? How many times do you have sex with a client in X amount of time? Is your job even legal? Like horophobic comments that people make without even realize that they're being horophobic. So that's another episode. I'm doing horror stories three because I, I do do an episode in each season about horror stories that I've experienced within the industry. And this is a safe space to be able to talk about things. To be able to express the horror situations that I've been into you is showing you the realism of what it is in the adult industry that we are faced with. So horror stories is really important to me and I'll always put that in every episode. I have horror stories too, which where I talk about funny stories or things that have happened and, you know, just lighthearted I guess, surface discussions on some funny events. Another episode I'll be doing is life as a sex worker four years on now. So 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yes, four years on. I'll be having an episode on that. Industry Talks 2. Now, Industry Talks 2 is where I'm going to get into the nitty and gritty. I'm going to talk about phones. I'm going to talk about auto replies, cut and paste, accommodation, hacks and tricks, how-to guides, lots of stuff. So Industry Talks 2 will also be an episode that I'm doing. Another episode would be on everyday discrimination. So that's things like discrimination against housing, uh, discrimination against rentals, banks, associations, you know, companies that you may need to, you know, run your company not wanting to work with you because you are a sex worker and credit card facilities. So all different everyday discrimination that we are faced with daily, even though our job is completely legal. I will also be doing another episode on human behavior. I will basically break down body language. I will break down reactions. I will break down how basically to read someone and how to get someone in, to do what you need for your own safety or to be able to whatever it is. Human behavior will be definitely. 
another one's going to be session talk. It's literally where I'm going to talk about exactly what happens in every single one of my sessions. So from the moment that I receive the booking to the end. So that's another episode. I will be doing another episode. It's called, you know, the questions and answers number two. So this is where I'm allowing people to ask me questions and I will be answering it on my podcast. So that's going to be really exciting and a lot to look forward to. So I'm looking forward to this season. I'm looking forward to bringing all this information to you and yeah, seeing how this season goes. And I'm just grateful for everyone that showed me your support. So moving on to, I guess, the core subject of this episode, which is discussing a few issues with violence against sex workers. Um, I'll be talking about a few different incidences and violence against trans people just in their general life. So to address that issue, I just kind of want to talk about a few little things that have happened that you may have not heard about, but you may have heard about. Uh, Recently, uh, in the early beginning of March, a trans worker was assaulted in Sydney by a client. They were assaulted so badly that they were unable to work for, I I think, well over a month or two. They were hospitalised. I don't believe received any police support, which is not surprising. It's not surprising in New South Wales particularly um, only because that's just the experience that I have that you don't really get much assistance from it until you kind of report it to, I guess I've mentioned this before, liaison officer in King's Cross. I highly recommend reporting incidents to him that so that when you do report it to another police system that they can follow it up that someone can follow up that someone's actually looked at your assault seriously there was another assault on um oh this was i witnessed this this was terrible there was a girl that worked at my local mcdonald's and she was trans and she had a customer abuse her telling her that um she shouldn't be wearing makeup and that she shouldn't be dressed like have long hair and shouldn't um betray herself as female she was utterly so traumatized from that scenario that man i was in the car in drive-through so it wasn't like i could actually go through the window or even scream but i believe that no real customer stood in which is not what you do you don't step in but yes the staff really acted and they called the police and i don't know what occurred after that but i'm hoping that he got arrested i spoke to the girl a few days later when i actually went to that mcdonald's and i wanted to assure her that regardless of narrow-minded people and regardless of stupid and I guess unintelligent responses you just need to understand that there's always going to be someone out there that's going to think differently and just to try and ignore it and just be and continue to be the most amazing beautiful human that she is and I can understand that when violence is put in your face it can be really really difficult to try and ignore it so obviously preservation self-preservation kicks in and you need to do what you need to do and i'm just sorry that this is happening and i wish that there was something that i could do to stop it and it sucks just to say from a bystander's point of view that i wish it didn't exist i wish discrimination against someone's sex or gender or how they dress or how they present themselves is a judgment on who they are it's disgusting 
A story I really am saddened to bring to you and that I really wanted to talk about was the assault on a sex worker at the Primus Hotel in the beginning of March, I think it was a Tuesday at 11pm, where she was assaulted with a sledgehammer. So a Sydney man was arrested in the Blue Mountains for, I'll read the article, so this apparently occurred at the Primus Hotel in Pitt Street in Sydney CBD at about 11pm on Tuesday. Paramedics said that they discovered a woman unconscious in the bed suffering serious injuries consistent with being hit several times with a hammer. She had sustained serious injuries to her face and head, acting New South Wales Police Superintendent Paul Dudston said. Located inside the room was also what police will describe as a small sledgehammer. New South Wales police launched a manhunt on Wednesday evening for Matthew Donaldson, aged 41. A warrant was issued for his arrest on the charge of attempted murder. The fucking disgusting offender was issued with an arrest and taken to Penrith Police Station. The woman who also sustained bruising to her abdomen is in a serious condition in Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Campbelldon. A police spokesman confirmed the woman met Mr. Donaldson at the hotel, but it was unclear if they were known to each other. A man describing Mr. Donaldson as his best friend commented on the post saying, he was never forthcoming about women or relationships in general. We game together, so I never knew this side of him and I'm in complete and still utter shock about this. So that man had several posts on his Facebook claiming that he was playing a game of life and death and that he lost. So I'm assuming his intention was to actually kill that girl. He didn't kill that girl. Thank God for that. And let's just see how much time he gets because I haven't really heard much about this on the news lately. But that's the, that's the kind of shit that we need to be concerned about when going to work getting fucking killed this is disgust this is because of social stigma this is because of so many serious key issues going on with our society but yet this is human nature we just want to fucking kill everything so let's talk safety as a sex worker so as an independent sex worker let's talk direct safety so i'm going to put the link of this in my bio and i got this from uglymugs.org safety essential safety for sex workers this is just general advice this isn't a foolproof plan but this is just basically some points that they had come up with and i'm just going to quickly just run through it so it basically starts off with, you know, always trust your instinct and your gut feeling. You know, if you're feeling uncertain about someone and there's no good reason for it, it's not worth ignoring that feeling and then wish that you went with it later. If you're feeling uncertain, don't and even don't assume someone is okay just because they look respectable. The same goes for regulars. When talking to a client, keep a confident look on your face and be assertive, strong and in control. Stick to your prices and your limits. There is no negotiation when it comes to a contract you make with yourself. Before meeting with a client, decide what you are and what, what you're not willing to do. Be friendly but firm when negotiating services with a client and explain your limits. Remember to say that services you provide, where you will go for business and how much you will charge. Be willing to turn clients down, a particular request or offer of payment below your standards. Carry a personal safety alarm or a whistle and don't be afraid to use it. Keep it handy, carry a mobile phone. You can program it to speed dial a number at the press of a button. Make this the number of the police or one of your friends that can get help to you quickly. 
You can also put your local sex work project number in there. Always plan your exits and be aware of how you can escape and any routes. Don't let a client get in between you and the nearest exits. Please avoid working when high, stoned or drunk. Keep focused on the behavior of the client and keep your eyes on your client in their hands at all times. Remember, being streetwise does not guarantee your safety. If in doubt, get the fuck out. Getting ready for work. It is always important to think about your personal safety and plan before you actually go to work. Always tell someone where you're going, where you will be, when they should expect you back. Ideally, this person, if they don't hear back from you, they should be able to have, I guess, the contacts to the local sex services, emergency services, or even to have the means to be able to call triple zero and tell them where you are or the last time that they heard of you and that you're concerned about the welfare and make sure it's someone fucking responsible. You know what I mean? Like make sure it's someone that you know will actually follow through. Always take your phone fully charged with credit or a phone card or, or anything. But remember, Emergency services numbers are generally free to call. I know triple zero, nine, 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 one, one. You don't need any credit whatsoever on your phone to make these calls. Take your personal safety alarm before you go and make sure that it's working. Take a pen and pencil and some paper to write down any info like registration numbers, have a small amount of cash with you just in case you don't make any money or you get dumped by a client and you need to use a payphone or get public transport home. Read the ugly mugs, dodgy punters info and check the website alert. Always dress safely. Your local sex work project can advise you on dressing safely for work or having the proper shoes or any type of means of items that will be able to get you out of a situation very quickly. Drugs and alcohol. If you use drugs or alcohol, avoid taking them when you're going to work, if you can, so that you can remain in control. You are more at risk if you are under the influence of drinks or drugs. If you do use when you are working, try to use an amount to keep you stable. Use just enough so you are not withdrawing, but not enough that so you're drunk or bucked up off your head and all that kind of shit. I think I've mentioned um, a few girls that have fallen asleep on clients and things like that because they've been so high. That's very dangerous. A person can take serious advantage of you and it's just lucky that they haven't. If you are in any of these states, you may be less likely to use your safety strategies effectively. It might be targeted like I just mentioned. Letting customers know that you use drugs gives them more opportunity to try and take advantage of you. If you can allow them to tempt you with drugs rather than cash, which means you lose out in the end, that's it. Spike drinks and drugs in food. This is also a problem. If your client offers you drinks in private, ask for an unopened can or bottle that you are able to serve yourself. Don't take any drinks you haven't seen prepared from start to finish. Make sure your client is happy to drink from the same bottle or glass as you. If your client offers you food in private, don't accept it unless it's pre-packed and still in its sealed wrapper. If, or if you have seen it prepared from start to finish, make sure your client is happy to eat the same food. Avoid accepting drugs or taking drugs with clients. You can never be sure what they or what they have been cut with. This also makes you more vulnerable as you, you don't know how that will react under the influence. 
Always think about like when you're putting your bags and belongings down, always think of the positioning of your bag and how visible it is. Some people feel it is safer on their shoulder, so it can't be used to choke or restrain them if someone grabs it. It is best to avoid putting your bag straps around or near your neck or shoulders. If you don't carry necessary items, condoms, lube, safety alarm and phone in your bag, leave it at home or in a locker. Stash keys and other important items where they can be safe. Pockets are useful. If you have long hair, tie it up. If you need glasses or contacts, always wear them. Be careful getting in and out of cars, long skirts, coats, oversized belts and bags can get trapped. If you are transgender, think carefully about how you want to present yourself and whether you will disclose your gender. Be aware of how clients will react. And they've also added a link on the trans section of this site. So in that link, you can go in there and they give you more advice. Sex work provides a range of increasingly professional services, anal, vaginal, bondage, dominatrix, fetish, exotic dancing, striptease, lap and pole dancing, peep shows, pornography films, photos and modeling, phone, cyber and website shows, escorting, a companion for dinner, theater, social functions, holidays, massage, erotic touch and genitals, sexual positioning, stay on top in every way, it is important to let your client know from the start that you are confident and in control of what happens between you. Be clear before you start about any sexual positions or activities that you do not offer. Be aware of body language. Suggest confidence and control by using eye contact. Direct language about what you are comfortable doing with the client and watch their hands. State clear limits about what you are willing to do and stay focused on the behavior of the client. Keep your eyes on the client and on their hands at all times. Many sex workers recommend sitting astride, basically on top of their customer for vaginal or anal sex, as this gives you the best positioning for control. You have your hands and your customer is lying between you. In this position, you can sit on your knees for penetrative sex and guide how much of the penis enters you. Try to avoid the customer being behind you in doggy style as you can't see what they are doing and this position makes you more vulnerable. Many sex workers who work indoors use a room with a large mirror so they can see customers at all times. If a particular position starts to feel sore or uncomfortable, Try to offer an alternative by suggesting that something else would really turn me on right now, etc. Avoid long necklaces and earrings as this can be something they can grab on or get caught up somewhere nasty. Okay, so what do we do if things go wrong? So if you are followed, cross the road maybe twice to be sure that that person is following you. If they are, head for the nearest pub, police station, garage or open shop as quickly as you can. Go for the most public route to the most public place. Try to keep yourself composed and your thoughts rational. Pay attention to what someone is actually doing rather than what you think they might do. Don't add to your fear by letting your imagination take over. Be positive and confident about your actions. Focus on the fact that you are heading to a safe place where you will be with other people. Do not head for home. Even if someone is waiting for you there, when you get to a public place such as a pub, 
If the person follows you in and takes a position where they can observe you, try to socialize with other people in the venue to give the impression that you are meeting friends. If you have a mobile, phone a trusted colleague or friend who can come and meet you at the venue. If you do not have anyone you can call and you feel genuinely threatened, then you should contact the police. It's safer to go to a public place than to let a stranger know where you live. If the person leaves the venue, wait a good 20 to 30 minutes before leaving or planning your exit to ensure that they do not return nor waiting for you outside. Either wait to be collected by your friend or if it feels safe to do so, leave the venue at the same time as other people if you think you do not need to cause a commotion. Make lots of noise and fuss to attract the attention and deter the person following you. You can report it to I guess your local sex services if you get photos of the person or anything like that. So yeah move on to something. If someone okay so if someone's becoming aggressive if they want your bag or your money decide if it's really worth the fight and potential risk to your life to hang on to it. Stay calm try to calm the person and talk them out of it. Use open hand gestures. Speak in a low quiet tone and don't raise your voice or shout. Use friendly suggestive language. Try to show an understanding and sympathy. Try thinking about how you will get out of the situation. Don't allow fear, panic or anger to take over. Tell them someone knows where you are and is meeting you. They're expecting you home soon or waiting for you. Cry hysterically even if you have to pretend. Pretend you are feeling sick and you're about to vomit. Don't carry weapons which could be used against you. Consider giving an ugly mugs, dodgy punter report with any incidents. Some local support projects run workshops in de-escalating techniques. So you can learn how to calm a person down, how to talk them out of attacking you and how to get away from attacker. If you are attacked, make as much fucking noise as possible by shouting screaming or yelling if you have an alarm use it if you can hold it near the attacker's ear or throw the cord so they can't take it off you and turn it off use your mobile phone for help even if you can't talk into the phone call your local emergency number and they will be able to hear you if you talk loudly or shout if you are in a car hit the horn or flash the lights to attract someone make as much noise as you can decision time Although this is a difficult one, you may have to submit in order to preserve your life. Some people are sometimes physically stronger than you. Do not try to fight unless you are certain you can win or you are convinced they intend to kill you. If you decide to submit, cut your thoughts to concentrate on the fact that the attack will end and you will hold on for that moment and then get help. If you decide to fight back to escape, you must be confident that you are going to be able to immobilize your attacker. If you don't know proper self-defense, aim for the eyes, throat, groin, and chest. Now, please remember that this is just a guide to basically how to try to keep yourself safe. And if any topics in this episode have brought up any issues for you, please don't hesitate to contact your local suicide hotline or if it's an emergency, please don't hesitate to call your local emergency services. And I have added phone numbers and links to several services that you are able to use. And I wish you all the love, safety and prosperity.
prosperity. And on that note, I shall bid you all farewell. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed your stay and I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Don't forget to follow my Facebook page, In Bed With Lucy. And I also have an Instagram and my handle is I love Lucy Wollongong, one word. I also have a Twitter account, Lucy Price AUS, one word. Until then, stay safe, be true to yourself and always be kind to others.